The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Every society is shaped by the way the families are raised. So, the the, a ref, the reflection of the society is a reflection of the way the families have been raised. If you raise up your children to walk in love, when you, they go out there, they will show love to their neighbors. when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice I am persuaded that in thee also and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Amen. I am sharing with you on a very important message that I have titled The Family of Faith. The Family of Faith. We have been taught in this church time and time again that God operates by faith and through faith. God operates by faith and through faith. That means everything God does is through faith. Everything God does is through faith and by faith. And so therefore, if everything God does is through faith and by faith, and we were all made in the image of God, then that means we must operate as a family of faith. We must operate as a family of faith. The scripture we read in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 I want you to notice something very powerful. Paul was speaking to Timothy and he said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, underline the word in your Bible, unfeigned faith. That word unfeigned faith means genuine faith. The unfeigned faith, the genuine faith and notice something that is in who? In you. Talking about Timothy. He's talking about Timothy. 
the unfeigned faith that is in thee. It says, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice. I am persuaded that is in thee also. So I want us to do a generational count of faith here. So Paul is talking about the genuine faith in this family and he said that this family has a faith that is number one in the grandmother. And that grandmother is Lois. So Lois is the first generation of faith. And that first generation of faith did not die, but was passed on to the second generation of faith. And the second generation of faith is Eunice, Timothy's mother. And then the second generation of faith did not die, but was passed on to the third generation. In this case, is Timothy. Can you see what's happening? So, the faith that was in the grandmother was maintained and passed on to the mother and was also maintained and passed on to the son. Three generations of faith. And if there is anything my heart desire is, that every single family in this house, every single family in this church must pass their faith onto minimum the third generation. Amen. To minimum the third generation. And the only way we can pass on this faith to the third generation is this faith has to be genuine. It has to be a genuine faith. And please understand that in saying that we have to pass on this faith to the next generation doesn't mean that it will just happen. The Bible tells us in Jude that we must contend for our faith. Jude 20. It says we must contend for our faith. Are you following what I'm saying? We must contend for this faith. When you contend for this faith, then this faith will last. I've told you time and time again that the lady who brought me up in the Lord said to me, if you lose everything in this world, don't lose one thing, and that is your faith. That is your faith. That means our faith is so important. Our faith in God is so important. And so we must maintain our faith and we must pass our faith on to the third generation. We must teach our children the importance of the Christian faith. Why? Because every society is shaped by the way the families are raised. 
Every society is shaped by the way the families are raised. So the, the, a ref, the reflection of the society is a reflection of the way the families have been raised. If you raise up your children to walk in love, when you, they go out there, they will show love to their neighbors. Are you following what I'm saying? And so it is so important that we consciously pass on our faith not only to our children, but to our children's children. It is so important that we teach our children the importance of loving God. The importance of being in the house of God. Because what we teach our children, they will reflect it out there in society. Are you following what I'm saying? This message is so important for us. To an extent that when you step out there and you are out there in the community and people see you, they must immediately associate you with the church you come from. We cannot be Christians in the church and behave like the worldly people in the world. Are you following what I'm saying? We must behave as Christians. Why? Because we must reflect what God has put in us out there in the world. That's why Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Not you are going to be. You are the salt of the earth. And not only that, he said you are the light of the world. Now the light of your house, you are the light of the world. He says so therefore, let your light so shine that men will see the goodness of your father. So when we step out there as a ministry, as individuals, as families, people must know that we are from solution. There must be a way of behavior for men and women who are from this family, this great family of faith. Listen to what God said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. God said, for I know him. In other words, I know Abraham. That he will command his children, number one, his household, number two, after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken to him. Can you see the importance of Walking in faith. God said, Abraham is a man of faith. Not only that, I know him. How do I know him? That he will pass his faith to his family. To his children. Not only that, he will pass this faith 
to his entire household. And not only that, he will teach them to keep the way of the Lord. 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 Not to keep our own way, but to keep the way of the Lord. That's why it's important that when you wake up in the morning, you come to church with your children. No matter how old they are, get them into the house of God. Get them into the house of God. If we are not careful as a, as, as a family of faith, the world that we are living in will steal our children from us. The world is running at a fast pace looking for children, looking for young men, looking for young women and trying to distract them. So what he does is he keeps them up all night on social media platform, playing games, doing all kinds of things. So when it's time to come to the house of God in the morning, they are tired. But we have to do everything possible to drag our children into the house of the Lord. Why? Because we have to teach them the way of the Lord. We have to teach them the way of the Lord. And what's the way of the Lord? Number one, to do justice and judgment. It says that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. Four things every family of faith must do. Four things. Write this down. Number one, Every family of faith must remain prayerful. Every family of faith must remain what? Prayerful. Why? Because a family that prays together stays together. Every family of faith must remain prayerful. Notice, I didn't say must pray, but they must remain prayerful. We don't only pray, but we remain prayerful. Number two, when we remain prayerful, number two, the result of remaining prayerful is every family of faith must remain powerful. The family that prays is a family that is powerful. When you are plucked into Light, you'll be full of light. When you are plucked into power, you'll be full of power. So every family of faith must remain powerful. We must be known as a power family. As a what? As a power family. The only way we can be known as a power family is when we remain prayerful. It can be five minutes every day in the morning. Gather your family around you or have a culture of an altar in your house where you gather as a family to pray. Not only during meal time, but set a time apart every day just to pray. It can be two minutes every day. It is better to pray two minutes every day. Are you following what I'm saying? 
it is better to pray two minutes every day than to pray one hour once a year. Amen? Amen. Number three, every family of faith must remain prosperous. <laughs> Say amen to that. Amen. You see, when you're a family of faith and you remain prayerful, secondly, you remain powerful, the effect of those two makes you prosperous. Amen. You cannot be a family of faith that prays that is powerful and not be prosperous. Hallelujah. So therefore, I decree the grace for prosperity over you today in the name of Jesus. Let me hear a living amen. Number four, every family of faith must remain loyal. Hallelujah. Number four, every family of faith must remain what? Loyal. Loyalty must be key in this family. We must be a loyal family. What is loyalty? Loyalty means till death do we part. We stick to each other. We don't move. We don't go anywhere. We stick to each other. We are in this for life. Amen? Amen. We must remain loyal to one another. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Even the world understands the importance of loyalty. So they have introduced loyalty cards. To keep you coming. To keep you shopping. Are you following what I'm saying? But we must teach the world the importance of loyalty. I'm loyal to my wife. No devil can come between me and my wife. No devil. I am loyal to my wife. Till death do we part. Till death. No church member can come between me and my wife. It's till death. I said it's still what? It's still what? Till death. That must be one core value in this family. We are a family that remains loyal. We are loyal to one another. We are loyal to the vision of this house. We are loyal to making sure that the vision of this house expands greater and greater. That is what we are called for. And everybody wants to be in a family that is loyal. I said everybody wants to be in a family that is loyal. Look at sports Look at sports uh, uh, supporters. How many of you are my you supporters here? My you, we have family too. Chelsea, Chelsea the losing team. <laughs> How many of you support Liverpool here? Liverpool. Nobody. Nobody. How many of you support Arsenal here? Uh, there are a lot of Arsenal supporters in this church. Wow. Now, have you not noticed that those of you who support the various teams, you have, you have uh, different, uh, uh, what is, uh, uh, membership cards or whatever. You are diehard fans. Whether Arsenal is losing or not, 
Never say never. You are forever remain a loyal fan of Arsenal. Now, I don't know, but uh, okay, let me not go there. I'm not going to say anything about Arsenal. But I don't want to get into trouble. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. And you see people who support these teams, they go to, they travel for miles and go and watch the football. If it's raining, they stay in the rain. They buy their panaphilias. They buy jerseys. They buy, they buy all kinds of things. And these things are expensive. These things are expensive. Have you noticed that when you're loyal to something, you don't think about distance? You don't think about cost? Have you th thought about it? So when you're loyal to this family of faith, you put your inconveniences aside. Whether you are tired or not, you are in the house of God. It is better to come to the house of God and sleep than stay home and sleep. That's the truth. Now I'm not saying that for you to sleep now. That's not a justification to say, oh, pastor said we can sleep. No, you sleep, we, I'll get the oceans to pour some water on you. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Loyalty is key. So quickly, what are the four things every family must do? Number one? Yes. What is number one? Yes. Every family of faith must remain what? Yes. What is number two? Yes. What is number two? Every family of faith must remain powerful. What is number three? Every family of faith must remain prosperous. Every family of faith must remain what? Prosperous. prosperous. What is number three? Number four? Sorry. Every family of faith must remain loyal. Please listen. The family of faith must make a decisive decision to serve the one true God. Every family of faith must make a decisive decision to serve the what? The one true God. Joshua chapter 24 from verse 14 to 15. Joshua chapter 24 from verse 14 to 15. Listen carefully to what Joshua is saying here. It says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side that they were, that they were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye shall dwell. But as for me, and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So every family of faith must make a decisive decision to serve the one true God. A decisive decision that this decision we are not going to quit on. It's a decision we have made that we are going to serve the one true God. It says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will not serve any other foreign God. We will not serve the gods of our forefathers. We will not serve the gods from the other side. We will serve the one true God. And the way that happens is by making a decisive decision. That's what Job said. Even though he slays me, I will still worship him. Don't serve God because of what you will get. Other than that, you will backslide. Once you get what you want from God, you tell God, bye, see you later. Make a decision to serve God, whether he bless you or not. Whether you get that breakthrough or not. Whether he gives you a testimony or not. Whether he gives you a house or not. Make a decision to serve him. In good or bad, you are serving him. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. In other words, no matter where you find yourself in life, God is with you. So you must make a conscious decision never to backslide. I can never backslide. But you see some people, a little blessing, then they backslide. A little. They see a little 500 pounds and then they backslide. Now if you backslide on the level of 500 pounds, then, then I, don't know, I don't know where you are going in life. You see people, they believe God for something. God opens the door, a little door, and then they backslide. They believe in God for a job. God gives them a job, and then they backslide. Believing God for a marriage, God gives them a marriage, and then they backslide. Believing God for promotion, God gives them a promotion, and then they backslide. They choose the promotion. They choose the gift over the giver of the gift. We're a family of faith. This morning I'm not preaching, I'm just talking. Because we are talking as a family. Why would you let material things cause you to backslide? From the giver of all things. When you ask God for a job and he gives you a job, it is not a condition for you to stop serving him in the house. Anything that will take you away from serving God is not from God. Let me say this again. Anything 
that takes you away from serving God is not from God. You say, oh, I prayed and God answered my prayers. No, that's not God. God will never give you a job that will take you away from serving him on a Sunday. Never. If you got it, it's not God. Why is it in the Bible? Yeah, you want everything in the Bible? You want? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So anything that will replace seeking God first is not from God. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. Matthew 6, 24. You can't have two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. Mammon means money. You can't serve the God of money because you are going to be disloyal to God and be loyal to mammon. So, if you are praying and asking God, oh God, give me, give me a husband. Oh God, give me a wife. And the moment God gives you that husband or wife, and that husband or wife takes you away from church. That husband or wife is not from God. You, might, you don't have to say amen. You don't have to say amen. But I'm teaching you what the word says. Anything, anyone that takes you from God is not from God. If God gives you a husband or God gives you a wife and they take you away from God, they are not from God. Anything from God will encourage you to run after God. Not only will that person or that thing encourage you, but all of you will be in the presence of God. You will understand the value and the importance of serving God more than the things. That's why Joshua said, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you don't come to church and leave your children at home. You don't come to church and leave your wife or your husband at home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If he, is, he says tired, drag him or her to church. Drag them to church. Now, now, I can understand some very, some people are very lazy. Now, I'm going to talk this morning. Some people are very lazy. And now, oh, Pastor, I worked last night. How many people here worked last night? Let me see my hands. You worked last night, you worked last night, you worked last night, you worked last, you worked last night. See, see the many people in this church that worked last night into this morning? But they are still in church. Check all the lives of all these people who have lifted up their hands. Who are passionately pursuing after God. Check their lives. You will see they are walking in unprecedented blessings. God can be mocked. How can a young man or a young woman say, Oh, I said I work last night. I'm tired. You are what? Tired. I have to lie in. 
you only have two hours on a Sunday to serve God. Only two hours and you can't come to the house of God. And you expect this God to bless you. Come on now. That's why God said, he said, he said, if you don't give me the glory, I will curse your blessing. So be careful. If you allow anything that comes from God to take away the place of God, God said, I will curse your blessing. He said, I have already cursed it. You want me to show you that also in the Bible? Oh, okay, you are Thomas, so you don't know. <laughs> Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. So be careful, don't allow anything to take the place of God in your life. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time for us to go back to the foundation. How can you pass on this, this faith onto the third generation if you are lazy? You can't. The grandmother of Timothy was not lazy. He was not lazy. He, she was serious. Malachi chapter 2 verse 1. We're going to read it together. Are you getting blessed? After today, your value systems will change. Amen. I say your value systems will change. Amen. And don't be a husband or wife. You leave your husbands and your wives in the house. Sunday morning. Doing what? They are watching all kinds of things that will not lead them to heaven. That's why your marriage is struggling. Draw them to the house of God. And say, oh, pastor, I don't understand. If you don't sort your family out now, it will sort you out. Yeah. I'm not going to be there if he or she is slapping you and beating you up. I will not be there because I taught you and you did not listen. I taught you, you did not listen, so I don't have time to counsel you. What I'm giving you now is more than counsel. I'm giving you the counsel of God, the mind of God. What will make your family prosperous? So if you don't listen to it, don't call me for, a Pastor, can I have an appointment for counseling? I don't have time for you. Go listen to the word. Do the word and you'll see the results. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. So, we read Malachi chapter 2 from verse 1. Let's read it together. Are you ready for this? It says, and now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If you shall not hear, and if you shall not lay it to heart, to give glory unto who? To give glory unto who? Unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts. He said, I will even send a curse upon you and I'll curse your blessings. Yeah, he said, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. Verse three, look at verse three, very important. He said, behold, I will corrupt your seed 
and I'll spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of the solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. So God is saying that if whatever I give you, you don't allow that thing to serve me, he said, I will curse your blessings. He said, I have even cursed them already. You heard it. You heard it. So if God blesses you with anything and you allow that thing to take you away from God, that thing is not from God. God blesses you with a new car. You come to the house of God, you believe God. God, give me a car, give me a car. He gives you a car. And then we don't see your brake lights at the church park anymore. Come on. You forgot where God blessed you from. Are you following what I'm saying? Why would God give you something that will take you away from him? So it's time. It's time for us to be radical about our faith. I said it's time for us to be what? Radical about our faith. There are some children who doesn't like bathing. They don't like bathing. And that's the truth. The fact that they don't like bathing doesn't mean you, the mother of the father, should not bath them. You put them in that bath and you sponge them well, well. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You sponge them properly. Every bath time they cry. It doesn't mean you stop bathing them. Are you following what I'm saying? Because they need the bath to be clean and smell nice. You and I need the house of God to stay alive. So if you are dragging him or her to the house and they are crying, then the whole pastor, every time I'm bringing him or her, he's crying. Eh? You're crying, so you let them stay home and do gymnastics in the house. Once you're in the church, you're not even thinking about the service. You're thinking about all the rubbish they are doing in the house. It's time. It's time for this family to rise up and take our place. Do you think any of my children can wake up and say, Daddy, I'm not going to church today? What? In my house? Whilst I'm giving you food to eat in my house? Do you think my wife will wake up and say, Today I'm not going to church? Really? Quickly, as we get ready to close. Four foundational core values every family of faith must have. Four foundational core values every family of faith must have. And that is number one, is respect. Respect. We must teach each other to respect one another. Four foundational core values every family of faith must have. Number one is what? Respect. Respect is not demanded. Respect is earned. Respect is not demanded. Respect is what? Earned. So we must teach our children respect. The only way you can teach respect is when you walk in respect yourself. Number two, we must teach them the core value of honesty. 
the core value of honesty. We must be a family that is honest. We understand this value of honesty. Don't teach your children to crook ways. To do things the wrong way. Teach them the importance of being honest. They don't copy uh, answers for their exams. Teach them honesty. Number three. Core value you must teach them is honor. Honor. Teach them the importance of honoring those who are supposed to be honored. Honor is key. Honor is the only access key into the presence of God. Without honor, you can't have access into the presence of God. So honor is key. God says, those who honor me, I will honor. First, First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Those who honor me, I will what? Honor. Number three, foundational core value every family must have, every family of faith must have, is love. L-O-V-E, love. Love. We must be a family that loves. Teach them the importance of love. Mothers, fathers, demonstrate love publicly. Demonstrate affection in front of your children. Teach them the importance of love. Love is sacrificial. Love is giving. Wives, when you're coming back from work, pass by somewhere, corner shop, buy your husband something nice, a nice bottle of Coke or something. Praise God. <laughs> if he likes Coke, buy him a nice bottle of Coke. Whatever, you know, just show love. Are you following what I'm saying? Show them love. And husbands, the same applies to you. Don't be a Mr. Armstrong. A husband that doesn't release his fist. Your hand is tight. And ladies, hear me. Hear me. This is very important. Hear me. I'm going to go in there, but let me just say this. Those of you who are single, if you're in courtship, one of the key questions you must ask that man is, are you a tither? If he doesn't give to God, he will not give to you. I'm preaching. Eh? I'm really preaching something very powerful today. If he doesn't give to God, he will not give to you. If he tells you, oh, why do we have to tithe? Why do we have to give our 10% to God? Get ready. You will not get 0% from him. So we must understand the core values of love. Demonstrate love. Love one another. Love one another. Why? Because God is love. As we get ready to close, we are a family of faith. We are going far. This family will not be divided. I said this family will not be divided. This family will not be disloyal. This family will not walk in division. This family will forever reign higher and higher. Will go up higher and higher. This is a winning family. This is a victorious family. This family forever will remain more than conquerors. In the name of Jesus. 
this is a breakthrough family. I said, this is a breakthrough family. This is a family of testimonies. This is a family of testimonies. This is a family of honor. This is a family of power. This is a family of prosperity. A family of purpose. A family full of God's goodness. We are going up higher. 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 Nothing can bring us down. This is a family that walks in divine health. We walk in generational blessings. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. So quickly, seven breakthrough keys every family of faith must walk in. Very important. Number one is we must walk by faith. The first one is we must walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Number one is we walk by faith and not by sight. It's so important that every family must imbibe this key, this breakthrough key. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's say it together. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's say it together again. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's say it again. We walk by faith and not by sight. And every family that walks by faith is a winning family. I said we're a winning family. I said we're a winning family. Every family that walks by faith is a victorious family. So therefore, from today, I declare you victorious even before you start. Amen. I said, I declare you victorious even before you start. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two is we must train up our children to walk in the things of God. Number two, we must train up our children to walk in the things of God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 to 9. Listen carefully to this scripture. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, the borrower is a servant to the lender. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. So, number two, train up your children. Very, very important. Now, please hear me. Training takes time. Say it with me. Training. Say it, say it, say training, training. Takes, time. takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Training takes time. So training means repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. They might not get it now, but they'll get it later. 
when you train them and they leave you, when they go, they will not depart from what you have trained them in. And what are we supposed to train our children in? It says to let them know that the rich rule over the poor. So they must not be lazy. Teach them, don't be lazy. If you are lazy, you'll be poor. If you sleep all night, all day, you will be poor. And when you are poor, the rich will rule over you. Because the rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is a servant to the lender. Train them. Train them. Let them understand these core values. That if you don't work now, work will work you tomorrow. <laughs> if you don't study now, study will study you tomorrow. They will use you as a case study for poor people. Are you following what I'm saying? Teach them. Train them. Train them. They might be crying. Oh, daddy, I'm tired. Let them sit down. Train them how to sit down. To learn to sit on their books. If it's for hours, train them. If it's for hours, keep training them. They might not like it today, but tomorrow they'll thank you. Train them. That you must never be poor. In this family, you can never be poor. Train them the importance of being rich. And being rich is not luck. It doesn't come by chance. It comes by discipline, dedication, and commitment to a thing that will bring success to your life. Train them. Never allow the TV to train your children. Every time you open TV for them, go and watch TV. TV. There was a family, I remember long ago, there was a family. Every time they let their son watch this, Mr. Tambo, how many of you know that? Mr. Tambo. And that guy would scream. Will be screaming. I think they've lowered his tone now. I'm not sure. He will scream, Mr. Tambo. And this boy was watching Mr. Tambo morning, evening, morning, evening. And then before you realize, traits of screaming, shouting. When he has to talk, he's shouting. I say, You see, the parents are allowing the, the TV to train this child. Be careful even of these cartoons these days. They are full of stuff. Be careful. Don't let your children watch cartoons unsupervised. These cartoons that they are projecting these days are all kinds of things. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful, family. We have to be careful, family. Because they are projecting all kinds of things in there. You know it and I know it. When, when we used to watch cartoons, they were pure. Pure cartoons. But these days, the cartoons are not pure. They are very dangerous cartoons. They are very, the content is very dangerous. Language is very dangerous. Actions are very dangerous. The cartoons are X-rated. So we must be careful. 
what cartoons we are allowing our children to watch. And train them when it's school time. Give them only one hour of TV watching. Only one hour. When it's school time, only one hour. The rest must be books. Stay in your books. Bury your head in your books. You might not understand, but keep reading it. Keep doing mental aptitude. Keep two times two. Two. Two times four. Four. Well, I think my math teacher died at class one, so I don't know what two times two is. Don't laugh at me. Man. I know the Bible. I don't know two times two. Are you following me? Let them imbibe these things. You sit in the car with them going. You see, these days, even in church, in church, we give our children gadgets. They can't sit disciplined for 45 minutes. We give them what are they watching? Cartoons. So we have a whole generation that is being stolen from us through all these mediums. Teach them how to easily recall numbers, multiply numbers, easily spell out things, mention some big word and let them spell it. Give them assignments. You might not have time to read it, but let them go and do a summary of that assignment. Take time, read it. Just a matter of time, your children will become great. And I see children in this church becoming great. They will be well changers in the name of Jesus. I said the children from Solution will be well changers. Number three, teach them the value and the importance of education. I just said a bit of that now. Teach them the value and the importance of education. Don't let them say, oh, mommy, oh, daddy, you know, when I go to school, I don't learn, I don't understand. Let them go. Never allow your children to talk you out of education. The basic education now is university level. That's the basic education now. It's university level. So we thank God for the dear sister who completed her universities. That's the basic education now. So for those of us who are in GCS, GCSE and A levels, we have to reconsider. Those of us who finished university seven years ago or ten years ago and we said I'll finish with school, we have to go and reconsider. We have to go and re-educate ourselves. Teach them the importance and the value of education. Acts chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Verse 2, until the day which he was taken up. So that means education doesn't stop till we go to the grave. Education doesn't stop till we go to the grave. We We must train our mind. There should be nobody who say, I'm too old to read. No, you are, the mind, do you know the mind never grows old? 
Do you know that? The mind can stay as young as you keep it. There are people I know who are 100 years old who can remember everything from 90 years old. Number four, teach them the importance of buying the future through wise investment. Teach them the importance of buying the future through wise what? Investments. Genesis chapter 25, verse 31 to 34. I read, it says, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day, and he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way, thus Esau despised his birthright. Please teach yourself, your family, and your children the importance of buying the future through wise investments. Esau sold his future with a little porridge. Teach your children. You see, you cannot teach what you don't practice. If you as a mother or a father, all you do is spend, 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 your children will learn, spend, spend, spend from you. You can't be spending and expect your children to save. You have everything, you see everything you see, you want to buy. I see a buy. That's your name. I see a buy. You see it, you must have it. You don't have savings. God forbid, if an emergency hit in your family now, you don't have even 500 pounds saved. That's an insult to God. You don't have 500 pounds saved. You work, 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 work. When the money comes, you just go and blow. You are wearing shoes you can't afford. You are wearing dresses you cannot afford. Trying to please someone. Trying to impress someone. Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to impress? There was a time in this church I wore one suit for nearly four years. One. One suit. Four years. Every Sunday for four years. One day, I, I, God blessed me with one new one. And I went to church, and then one member said, Oh, Pastor, today you are wearing a new suit. <laughs> I said within me, So, all these four years, when you notice I've been wearing one new suit, one suit, why didn't you buy me one? <laughs> I don't want to mention that member's name now. I don't want to embarrass That member knows herself. I can never forget. <laughs> Praise God. Now, who is going to come and say, why are you wearing the same suit every Sunday? Is it their concern? No. <laughs> Have you not noticed?
notice I wear white shirt every Sunday? Is it your concern? Why do you want me to wear a different cap? Say, Pastor, why don't you want wear green? Is that your cup of tea? What has my white shirt got to do with what I'm teaching? That's what I want. That's what I've decided to wear. Are you following what I'm saying? Why are you, some of you have hairs on your head. That should be able to pay for your house. Your deposit for your house. The hair on us, women, I love you. You know I love you, women. The hair on your head is supposed to be the down payment for your mortgage. Who is going to notice whether what you are wearing is the plugging one? <laughs> you know, there are some hairs you plug it in, you know. You know, you just plug it in and clip it, clip it, and that's it. Nobody cares. Nobody's gonna now nobody knows how much it costs. Praise God. You don't put a price tag on that hair, do you? No. Do you put uh uh, 5,000 pounds on there? No. This is why I don't understand men who wear suits with the label on. No, nobody wants to know the label. Take that label off, just wear the suit, praise God. Some of us have, are wearing things now that can buy us a land. Some of us are sitting on sofas in our houses that are buy now, pay later. Buy now, buy now, buy now. You pay later, six months, pay next year, buy, pay in four years. And when the time comes to pay, you forgotten. That sofa is worn out. You are sitting on a borrowed sofa. Come on, that is unchristian. How can you have a carpet in your house? Buy now, pay later. How can you be sleeping on a bed? Buy now, pay later. A bed. Come on, family. That should not be of us. We cannot, we cannot sell our birthright. Every time you are, you are borrowing, you are selling your birthright. You are selling your children's birthright. You are selling generations after you's birthright. Let's be a family that works in wisdom, that makes wise, sound financial judgments. And don't be a married man or a married woman, and then you just go out, you see a car, you just buy it. Your wife doesn't know, your husband doesn't know, you know, you are acting like a single person. No, you are not single. Don't buy anything above a certain value without consulting your wife or husband. And don't be married and still have a, a single mentality. Are you following what I'm saying? You can't just go and say, oh honey, I saw a, I saw a, a Mercedes Benz. They're doing a good offer and I just bought it. I just swiped the card. Without thinking about consequences. Forgetting that you don't only buy a car. There's something called insurance. You have to buy a tie. You don't have the money to buy a tie to replace that, that Mercedes-Benz tie. You can't, you can't afford it and yet you've gone to buy it. You want to show off. To who? 
The moment you drove that car off from the garage, its value went down. Sure. Never buy anything you can't afford. Esau sold his birthright. Devalued his birthright. Hallelujah. Number five, teach them the importance of generosity. Are you getting something out of this? Teach them the importance of what? Generosity. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. The Bible says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Teach them the importance of generosity. Be a generous family. Be a generous family. Teach your children generosity. Jesus was anointed and he went about doing good. That is generosity. We must be a church that does good. That's why as a church this year, we are planting 10 churches in India. We have no affiliation or relationship with those pastors or those people there. We are supporting them financially to plant 10 churches. Generosity. This is a generous family. This is a church that is full of generosity. Are you following what I'm saying? Teach them the importance of generosity. Why? Because when you are generous, someone will be generous to you. That's why in this family we never lack any good thing. Jesus never lacked any good thing because he was so generous. Number six, teach them the importance of good name. Teach them the importance of good name. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. It says, a good name is rather to to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor than silver and gold. A good name. A good name. A good name. The solution family must have a good name. Our church must have a good name. And good name doesn't just happen. It takes time to build it. Their name, Sebeji, must be a good name. Teach your children the importance of having a good name. Not cutting corners. Having a what? A good name. When your name, your family name is mentioned, people must identify goodness to that name. They must say, this is a good family. When they mention the name Solution Chapel International, they must say, oh, this is a a good church. This is a church that teaches the word. It's a good church. A good name. Don't cut corners. Don't crook people. Good name. When people mention your name, they must say good things about you. A good name. A good name. Don't cut corners trying to be rich overnight. Don't spoil your name because when you have a good name, it opens doors for you. And from today, I see God opening doors for you. I said, I see God opening doors for you in the name of Jesus. The last one. Before we do the last one, let's recap. What is number one? What are the seven breakthrough keys every family of faith must walk in? Number one. We walk by faith. 
Number two, train up your children to walk in the things of God. Number three, Let me hear you again. Number three. Teach them the value and the importance of education. Number four. Teach them the importance of buying the future through what? Wise investments. Number five. Teach them the importance of generosity. Number six. Teach them the importance of a good name. Number seven, the last and not the least, teach them the power of generational wealth creation. Number seven, teach them the power of generational wealth creation. Hebrews chapter seven, verse nine and ten. Hebrews chapter seven, verse nine and ten. I read, it says, and as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. I want you to underline that. Levi, who is the priest, who receiveth tithe, paid tithes in who? In Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, I want you to notice something very important here. Levi was a priest that received the tithe, right? But Levi was a fourth generation from Abraham. So, when Abraham was tithing, Levi in Abraham's loins was also tithing. Because Levi was four generations. Now, why do we have to teach our children and ourselves the power of generational wealth creation? It is so vital because what we do now has a ripple effect up onto four generations. And that is through the tithing. What is a tithe, someone may ask, is the first 10% of all your income. Is the first 10. We bring it to the house of God and we give it to God in honor of his name. And as we do that, guess what? Four generations are getting blessed. There's no generation, four generation minimum in the Segbeji bloodline can never be poor. Minimum. Because when we caught the power of tithing, I started tithing before I became a pastor. And I have never stopped tithing since the day I got born again till date. Because I know the effects and the power of the tithe. As I'm tithing, what I'm doing is I'm creating generational wealth. Generational wealth. Four generations after me will be thanking God for my life. They say, thank granddad. Thank grand, great granddad Adama for tithing. And guess what? They will also continue. And four generations after them will get blessed. Hallelujah. It's so important for us to walk in this truth. And as we do that, God will bless us. In the name of Jesus. 
Did you receive it this morning? We can give God a better praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.